Hello. You're listening to the Drawing the Ideal Self podcast for May 2022. Today's episode is going to be a focus on slot rattling or slot change. First of all, let's have a think about why it might be useful to think about this concept. So one of the issues that we see over and over again when we're trying to help people to change is that they make a rather sudden swing to being like the person that they want to be. Uh, And I see this quite often with children and young people. So I might be talking to them about the changes they'd like to see and they do a shift. So they might become for a few days, the sort of perfect student in school, say, or the most well-behaved child their parent can ever imagine. But the behaviour changes again because they don't keep that up. And I think slot rattling or slot change is a really useful way to understand that. So what happens in those situations? When we're trying to think about how we want to help people change. We're looking for something that's sustainable, that they're able to shift their construing and therefore their behaviour follows. And that will stay with them for at least a while. With slot rattling, what we might see is that they make quite a quick shift and they make it in a big way, swinging right to the opposite pole of the construct. So if you had a construct for... Uh, a child I saw fairly recently, you know, the construct was naughty or good. And they did know how to be good and they could be good. The frustration was they didn't maintain that behaviour. So thinking about why that might be was very useful. So Kelly's idea of slot rattling, I always imagine it as a kind of either slot car So, you know, with slot car racing like Scale Extra, you can't move off the track. You stay on that one track. You can go round and round, but you can't get off it. Or I think of it like uh, when you put money in a slot and it can only go in one direction down. For some reason, I always think of that in connection with the uh, 2P machines at the arcades. So something gets stuck in a slot like a train would on a track. And they can't change direction. What they can't do is turn kind of left or right. So make a movement that is not going to go all the way to the extreme. They can only stay at one end or the other. And this can happen when people's construing hasn't been very well elaborated. So they might have an idea of naughty and good. But what they don't have is all the in-betweens. So let's see what some of the authors say about this. And it is important to note that this is one way you can experiment with change. So you can deliberately move to the opposite pole of a construct. So Francella and Dalton say, slot change occurs, and they're thinking in therapy, when it is agreed that it would be useful for the client to move themselves to the other pole of one of their constructs. If, for example, They see themselves as essentially unassertive, while others are regarded as assertive. It would be an enlightening experience to see what it feels like to behave assertively. First in the session with the counsellor, then in some carefully planned situation outside. 
unless this other poll comes to have real meaning for the client, which is compatible with the rest of the self-image, the change is not likely to be long-lasting. On the other hand, the experiment could lead to the elaboration of some kind of alternative to lack of assertion, which is found to be acceptable. Now, Francella worked a lot with people who were stuttering and she uh, would make a point of trying to help people develop a good understanding of what it might be like for them to be fluent with the idea that you can't become fluent unless you can see what that is. And you can think how being fluent fits with your construing of self. So if fluency in speech is important, what you might find is someone can sometimes be really fluent, but they find it difficult to maintain that. Uh, And she was working to see if there could be other ways to deal with that using PCP approach. And of course there are. So what you'd be wanting to do was develop that construing of self as fluent and see if you make those changes, what other constructs might be affected by it. And sometimes you would only find that out by enacting it. So by practicing being fluent, speaking as if you were a fluent speaker and seeing what other constructs are affected. Julia Houston in Making Sense with Offenders has an explanation like this. Uh, She was thinking in terms of people trying to reconstrue their world. She refers to slot rattling as being the most superficial change that can occur in construing as there is no attempt to reformulate the construct itself. However, it can play an important part in therapy with some offenders. For example, a young man with a history of convictions for violence construed other people in terms of whether they use their fists to sort out trouble versus use their mouth to sort out trouble. Therapy enabled him to both reconstrue his view of himself and to put this into practice so that he came to see himself as a person who would only ever use his mouth in confrontations rather than his fists. Although his use of this construct per se still led him to get into confrontations with other people, the slot rattling at least meant that others were less at risk of harm and that he himself was less likely to receive further convictions for violence. So you might move deliberately as a way of experimenting with a completely different role. And this is something that we ask people to do when they're recovering from addiction, to become sober, say, or to become someone who never uses drugs. If you do that and you get to be that sober person, one of the things that often happens is people are either sober or not sober and not maybe a little drunk, but very drunk. And I realise that people are alcoholic actually will find it easier to get drunk. However, that movement has to be right across to the contrast pole. So to be sober in order to connect with various other constructs. So it may be that by being sober, you can be a good parent. By being sober, you can be a good child. By being sober, you can hold down a job. So being sober has a lot of implications. And finding out the implications of construing becomes very important when you notice that people are slot rattling. For example, a child who misbehaves in school 
has three days when they are the model student. So they slot rattle from the pole of misbehaving child to the contrast pole, which is angelic child. And we would expect that it's difficult to maintain that. But when you think about why that is in PCP terms, you'd be thinking about what the implications are of that. If you become a child who is now a good child, who behaves really, really well in class, what does that do to your relationships with your friends? How does it affect how your teacher sees you? What difference does it make when you go out to play? You know, is playtime more boring because you're behaving really, really well in the way the teacher wants? Or is it more exciting because you're doing an interesting experiment? One of the things that I see quite often is that children will tell me it's quite exciting to be doing things that their teachers don't necessarily like. Now, that means that it's quite meaningful for them to be that naughty kid in the class. So thinking about the slot rattling, if you move right to the other end and you become the best behaved kid in the class, you may not be having such a great day. It might be a bit tedious. The implications of it might be that you'll do all your work, you'll listen carefully to the teacher, you will sit by the kids who behave really well. That might be a bit dull for some kids. David Winter, in his book, Personal Construct Psychology and Clinical Practice, talks about slot rattling as one of the ways you can do a therapeutic reconstruction. Now, Kelly said that the most superficial type of change in a client's construing is this contrast reconstruction or slot rattling. He called it slot movement as well. And that's when you might construe the person in, or event in terms of the opposite pole of a construct to that which originally was seen to characterise it. Winter goes on to say, its superficiality results from the fact that there is no attempt to reformulate the construct concerned, which remains as a viable pathway of movement, along which the client may therefore easily slot rattle back to his or her initial view of events. For example, the client whose self-construal switches from being anxious to being relaxed but does not modify the anxious relaxed construct or its relationship with other constructs will be likely at some stage to switch once again to the original anxious self-construal. Kelly gave a caution about this saying it is all too likely to end up in seesaw behaviour but he also noted that it has its place. Understanding what slot rattling is has some implications for those of us who are trying to help people. It gives us an idea of where we might need to start. So if you imagine a scale strip road track, if you want to adjust the track, you're going to have to make a turn and add some bits of track in and make some changes. And that's a bit like the construing system. Somebody who is slot rattling between, say, dieter and greedy is going to need some in-betweens. They're going to need to have something like, you know, I'm somebody who is sometimes greedy or I'm somebody who occasionally has to go on a diet to get back to the weight I wanted to be. I listened to a really interesting programme 
once about Weight Watchers. There was a guy on it who had been one of the finance guys at Weight Watchers. And he said it's a perfectly good economic model because what will happen is that people will diet. They'll get down to their weight. So, you know, diets generally work because you're not putting so much food in your mouth, but they're not going to stay there. Because the reason that they put on the weight in the first place is that they like eating. The chances are they will eat again and eat too much and the weight will go back on and then they will come back to Weight Watchers, in which case you can make money out of them again. And Weight Watchers have this kind of tantalising thing that you can go free while you can maintain your weight, knowing full well that if you're weighed every week, sometimes you're going to have put on a pound and then you have to pay for that class. And then you jump back into the being a maybe a, a, a person who's on a diet again, that sort of construal of self. If we wanted to help a child who was being naughty in class, what would we do about that? We know that most children who misbehave can be good. They can behave really, really well and they are not all the time misbehaving. Personally, I've found that when I do observations in a classroom, Generally speaking, the kid I'm going to observe is fine. You know, I very rarely see kids being naughty. So we know then it's not that they don't know how to be good. What they don't know is how to keep being good or how to be less than perfect. So they might behave better in the way that the teacher likes, but not all the time and not to the nth degree. So they don't become some kind of angel. And I think that's quite important. So our job as people helping that young person would be to develop construing that goes in between those extremes on a construct. So what's it like to be somebody who maybe messes about a little bit, but never gets sent out of the class? Maybe has a laugh with their friends, but doesn't get sent out of the class. Now, that would be towards the good end. But and the way the teacher would like the child to be, but it wouldn't be all the way to being good all of the time. You might have come across the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. That's quite interesting about how to get new habits to stick. So it's quite an easy listen. I have those kind of books on audiobook quite often. It's about a fiver, I think, uh, on a Kindle version. So Atomic Habits is about change and it's it talks about why people don't change and why they might and one of the things being that you need to get people to change by just gently nudging themselves along so that it makes it easy to maintain change so if you want to be the kind of person who uses the gym one thing you don't do is keep your gym stuff at home because if you have to come home first and get changed at home you're much less likely to go to the gym. I can make sense of that. Uh, at the moment, I'm going to tennis lessons at 6.30am, which seems rather crazy to me. When I arrived there, there are people there going to the gym, loads of them. I didn't know this world existed. But clearly what they do is they keep their bag ready with their work clothes in for the next day in their car. They come to the gym in their gym kit, they go and shower and walk out to work. Quite interesting to see. If you want to change, you need to keep things 
so that they're easily accessible. So imagine the child who is being naughty in class. Yeah, what, what does he need around him to help him to be better behaved? Does he need to sit on a different table? Would a, a, a girl who was naughty need to change friendship group? Would they be better sitting with same sex, opposite sex or whatever? Would they need to sit near the teacher? Would that be helpful or would actually that be quite difficult for them? Would it make it harder because they're more obvious to the rest of the class? When I was young, my friend and I decided we would become well-behaved kids, having been a bit disruptive in the lessons. I went to a school where you didn't have to be very disruptive at all. So, you know, sitting at the back of the class and chatting and making jokes was really naughty. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we decided we would be really well-behaved. So we sat right at the front in the history lesson, right on the front desk under the teacher's nose. And after a few days of us sitting there, putting our hand up whether we knew the answer or not to the questions. The teacher asked us to move back. (laughs) We must have been driving her crazy because we were playing out that role of well-behaved children with great gusto. And we did it in a kind of cartoon-like way because we didn't know how else to do it, really. You know, what we were used to was being rather disaffected. And I have to say, Having watched teachers now, the teaching I had was appalling, absolutely dreadful. You know, you're just supposed to be able to learn by the teacher reading stuff out and writing on the board. It's awful. It's much better now, thank goodness. So, you know, what my friend and I were doing was slot rattling. We were going from being the naughty kids in the class to being the good kids in the class. And we were better than good. We were the best kids you've ever seen, we thought. Uh, Clearly, the teacher didn't agree with that. And she much preferred the kids who sat all over the class, but listened to the lesson, which we hadn't kind of twigged at first. So if you want to help somebody like me to get better, it's no good asking me to do that slot rattle and, you know, experiment with the lesson of being good. Unless I've done that, first of all, in the session with you and thought about what the implications are, because actually the way I played that out was annoying to the teacher. Um, And my friend and I, you know, we were quite relieved to go back and sit near the back. And I think probably the teacher was greatly relieved because she didn't have to keep looking at our faces thinking this is a game. So what you might want to do is in your session with the child who has been naughty, have a discussion with them about what it would be like if they were good. Who would notice? Now, some of the ideas that now make up solution focused therapy are really useful here. So really sketching out how that might look. That is a very big solution focused approach, but actually it's a PCP approach. So it's about elaborating the construing of the contrast pole and finding out the implications of it. So I know that solution focused approaches are quite popular, but actually it's worth remembering where they came from. So that kid who's being naughty needs to develop some more constructs. They need some alternatives. So there isn't only naughty or good. There might be naughty or paying attention or naughty and listening. That might be a more useful construct. They might be better off not using naughty or good at all, but thinking about their behaviour in a completely different way, using different language and getting an idea that, you know, they're developing a new construct. 
So we know that people kind of take an opportunity to reinvent themselves sometimes. So I've known people, you know, go off to university and say, while I'm at university, I'm going to be different from how I've been in sixth form. It'll be the new me. Uh, and because they're moving away from home and away from school, they've got an opportunity to be quite different and do a nice experiment with that and see how that works out. One of the, the casualties of slot rattling is that when the change doesn't stick, people get so disappointed. So, you know, the teacher who has had a child in their class who has managed four weeks of excellent behaviour and it's coming towards half term. And if the child can make the final week, there'll be some kind of reward. And of course, in the final week, often they blow it. So they will misbehave and then the teacher will be terribly, terribly disappointed, probably more disappointed than they were in the first place with their behaviour because they've been kind of lulled into what might seem a false sense of security, you know, an idea that things are going to be really different. And then when they aren't, ah, oh, that's a terrible feeling. So the disappointment of that might be very intense. It might also be very frustrating for the psychologist or the person working with them. So if you're, you're the person trying to help the child to change and they do an experiment, it all seems to be going well and you're on your final session. Often my experience is that final sessions or the one before it, people will come back and report more problems than they did in any of the others before. Often parents will be trying to... Uh, persuade their children to behave well using a reward. And what Kenny says is reward isn't a terribly useful concept uh, and particularly doesn't work in PCP because people don't really work for rewards. You know, that isn't the thing that makes you do things, having a reward. And we see that. I've known parents promise their children a you know, £50 Xbox game if they can manage a whole week in school with no problems at all. And they don't. And then the parent is left thinking, well, they did four days. Shall I give them the Xbox game or not? Um, they've noticed that change. They're also terribly disappointed by the last day. And don't forget that the child is too, because they don't know why they haven't been able to maintain it. They, they might really, really want to behave well, but just might not know how. They may know how to do it one day one day at a time. But what they don't know is how to have a whole half term of fantastic behaviour. And they might not even want that because that means there's a bit less fun around the place. Um, they've got to be working all of the time. And it's quite hard to keep working and behaving well all the time. Or so I found when I was at school. So what you might want to be doing is be thinking carefully that when reward systems are set up, and usually schools will have those, is it a good idea? Is it likely that the child is going to work towards it? Is it likely that that's going to produce real change? Achieving some kind of reward doesn't make people change. You can see that when people win the lottery, massive reward. I think the latest win winners celebrated with fish and chips they could have had any meal in the world, um, but they had a, an ordinary meal. They didn't change <laughs> themselves immediately, even though they had a massive amount of money, because that is just too big a leap. So you'd be thinking, if you're working with somebody, how you can make small changes 
that are likely to be more successful. The other thing is to think about if you've got to write about those experiences and that kind of interpretation of what's going on, what are you going to say? Um, I wouldn't recommend particularly that you use Kelly's terms unless you find that terribly helpful um, and you need to reference them properly. But, you know, you could say slot rattling, as explained by Kelly, means this. And what you've seen is this is going on in the school and this child is not able to maintain their different kind of behaviour for a length of time. I think it'd be better to focus on where the problem lies. So they haven't yet been able to get a clear idea of what it would be like for them to be a different kind of person who always gets on well in the class. So the emphasis needs to be on how that new version of themselves might be developed. Um, my suggestion would be they need a lot of feedback. Teacher needs to uh, look out for them all of the time and point out the times that things are going better uh, and notice when they are and not be too disappointed when they're going badly. Often when when kids are trying to change and then they don't manage to keep it up, they get a lot of criticism from adults. They'll say things like, you know, you know you can do it because we, we've seen it. So you're just choosing not to carry on like that, uh, which I think is way too harsh and really unhelpful. So if you're writing a report, you might want to say, um, let's say it was a little boy who was being naughty and trying to be good, that one of the things that you've noticed is that he has times when he's able to be good but he doesn't have a clear view of himself as somebody who is always good in class. His view of himself is X, Y, and Z from doing some other work with him, rather than somebody who is always a good student. If they want to develop as a good student, these are the kind of things that you need around that. I think one of the things you can do as somebody who is working with people and trying to help them is think about this and notice when it happens. So be on the lookout all the time for change that doesn't stick and try to work out if some of that is to do with slot rattling. You're only going to find that out by finding out somebody's construing. And remember, a construct has two poles, not enough to get what's called the emergent pole, which is good. You need to find out what the contrast is, which might be naughty, uh, and then explore both of those things. It can be very, very meaningful at one end and not at the other. So, you know, maybe the naughty end is really elaborated and has lots of exciting things in it that fit with the way the child wants to live their life. The good end doesn't have so much like that. That tells you both what's going on and what you might do about it. So it's going to be about developing more constructs. I would recommend you also look out for it in your own life. You know, I, I certainly have times when I'm trying to eat a bit less so I can lose some weight. And then I go and eat loads uh, because I like dinner. It's a good thing. Um, you know, I know that I slot rattle between those two. Uh, I, it is uncomfortable to know that about myself. So, you know, if you think about it from your own point of view and times when you might do that, 
Uh, it makes you realise the experience of some of the people that you might be working with and how disappointed they are in themselves when they don't manage to keep things up. They don't really need to be told off by other people for failing to make changes because they're already probably miserable about it and really don't want to be that way. Okay, so I think that is enough on slot rattling. You can always go and look up the original quotes if you want to. I would say the ones I've given you are perhaps more straightforward to understand. That's why I put them in. I think if you if you think about how it might apply and give it a go, you might find it turns out to be very useful as a concept. All right, so I'll be back again at the end of June with another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.